I have my deer stalker perched atop my curls. I I have large meerschaum in mouth. It's a pipe. Yes, a pipe. Because this is part of my detective work. I have an extra piece of the puzzle. Yes, in the past I've featured information from uh, from um, Dave Gregory from a longer interview uh, regarding the the way that um, Skylarking was produced with Todd Rundgren. I've got a little bit of stuff where Todd Rundgren shows how much he disliked uh, Andy Partridge during this process. And now I've got Andy. Oh yes, this is um, for the remastering and re-release of Skylarking. Um, it's, for, it's the Tune Tribe um, podcast and it's an hour with Andy Partridge in which you know he's very honest and very sweet and very lovely. The, the host really likes him and we get to hear about quite a lot of the production because it's about Skylarking. He thinks this is his third favourite album. He, he thinks Apple Venus is his, is his best. He's very honest about that. Not, not my favourite. Apple Venus is my favourite, you know. And the background is similar to the other stuff that we know. You know, as Tom Rungan said, I got them when they were um, a little bit uh, in, a, in flux, really. And uh, um, Dave Gregory and Andy both say, well, yes, this is about um, the record company wanting more albums to be sold in the States, so get yourself an American a producer and he said you know they, they gave me a, a list of 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 um, American producers and there were lots of you know um, names I didn't know real American names I didn't know and the one I did know was uh, Todd Rundgren and as the, the host said and you know like you like the New York Dolls and he'd been involved in them so yes I was into the New York Dolls I took it to Dave Gregory the information and of course he said we must work with him what I didn't know was that um, Todd Rundgren because I knew that they, that he went that they went to work in his uh, on his uh, estate in his house in his studio, and he handled everything. But yes, uh, Andy Partridge said there was a hundred and fifty thousand pound budget for the um, for the album. And what Todd Rundgren said was, "You give me everything, every penny of that budget, and I'll sort all every everyone you need, including Prairie Prince as a drummer, great drummer as Andy says, and he quite clearly is. The studio, the accommodation, the engineer, you know." And they did that and thought this is going to be all right and then found out he had a production line, really. And also, Andy is quite clear, you know, Tom Rungman said, I took control and he didn't like that. And Andy, um, uh, you know, um, he certainly backs that up by saying, I think the studio had said, do not let Andy Partridge have a hand in this production because it will just turn out weird. You know, so, but he didn't like to be uh, to talk, to be told to shut up, he said, you know, and he thinks that Todd had been told not to listen to him, you know. Um, it, 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 that what Todd wanted to do was to get this done quickly, Andy thinks, but that it didn't work out that way because, you know, these songs are my babies and I just can't shut up about it, as he said. So I couldn't shut up because they're my babies. You know, also complains about Todd being being cruel and sarcastic, you know, um, and he think I said I think he did it to break me, 
so that I would shut up. He calls it a blinding scum storm of sarcasm. So that sometimes he would say, you know, it would, it would be his song, Andy Partridge's song, and he would say, you're not playing this song right, so I'm going to come down there and I'm going to sing this song the way I think it should be sung and the way that, that your song should be sung. You know, he said, it, there was that. And there was also things like, you know, he'd turn up at the studio and Tom Rungan would say, where'd you get your jeans from? Russia. <laughs> you know, so it was, he said, it really kind of worked on me, really. And he had, didn't have a good time with it. He said he was, um, but, but he was a great arranger. He would say, you know, when they worked on The Man Who Sailed Around His Soul, you know, it, it was really an acoustic demo. And uh, Tom Rungan said, how do you, you feel this uh, should sound? He said, well, I want it to sound like a sort of spy film and a bit of lounge, you know, and club. And he did a great job on it. And it came out so wonderfully. And he does all of that. Gets all that, that, that work in there. Um, so he, he says several times, I, I, I want to say that he is a great arranger. Does that really, really well. And um, he said it was really weird doing it, but... You know, Andy sort of implies that this was a good idea to do it, which Todd Rundgren said he wanted to do it as one piece. It was, you know, going from the middle to the, from the beginning to the end of the day or from the end, uh, from one year, being in one year to the end of one year, or even it could be a lifetime, but he wanted it as one piece, a song cycle. So he would chop out intros and outros, drop things in and say, you need to stop immediately at that point because I want to now drop this in. And that really worked. And, you know, Andy's full of admiration for that. He's really open about all this and really honest about that they butted heads, but he's got some, you know, he has such talent to do that. They also took talk about Dear God. Now, I've heard different things about this, and from Dave Gregory as well, I think, you know, that um, Dear God was uh, left off. Um, certainly Todd Runger, I think, said they left it off for, um, for another song, which is another satellite, I think. Uh, and I think Todd implies that that was done at Andy's behest. But what Andy says is that, you know, they, he took it to, 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 the re, to the record company, Virgin, who said, this is too long. You know, Todd Rundgren often does this. This is too long. What should we take off? Let's take off Dear God, you know? But of course, what happened with Dear God is that it was put on the, uh, the B-side to grass and studio uh, and uh, DJs would be flipping the, the song and, and Dear God became a real hit and a real notoriety. You know, as Andy says, I had lots of messages that you're going to burn in hell and all of that, but it did well. You know, and they had the um, they had the young girl singing on that and they said, I didn't know if that would work, but Todd Rungan said, I know I know of somebody who, who sings with a local group here and she could do it. And he said, it really worked. Really worked well. I thought it was not going to sound well, but he was right. It was the, it was the right call on that, you know. He also had some more colour about... And he's quite honest about some of the kind of fractious relationships that he had with um, with Colin, with Colin Moulding, you know, uh, the good-looking bassist, as he calls him, you know. Um, he said that he left during some of the... Because the, the host says, did he leave during during the making of this album? Yeah. Well, he said, but that was to do, he thinks, with Todd really getting them all fighting and a bit argumentative, you know. So we weren't having the best time. It wasn't an ideal place. There was... There were, there were dead rats in the building. Um, they smelt. We, we had copperhead snakes in the uh, pool, so we couldn't use the pool. And myself and Colin both got bladder infections because, because uh, Dave Gregory was boiling all of his water and was having it to drink, to dr have tea, whereas they were drinking glasses of water. It was well water. 
they got some kind of infection. And he said, you know, our willies were painful. So, you know, no doubt they were in fairly bad moods, really. He said, really, the one of the only fun pieces they got was that when Todd Rundgren, who is tall, you know, um, would come down the sweeping grass drive from his house to the little studio block, he said they would go, he's coming, he's coming. And they would all that they would all start the Monsters theme. And he actually plays it. See if we can still play this. He actually plays it during the interview, which is lovely. And um, and he said, you know, it, it, he would come in and think, oh, well, they're just rehearsing. So then it was kind of a child, a bit of fun that we had to see if we could get it done before he came into the room. <laughs> That's really, really nice. And, I mean, this is my favourite XTC album. No, it's, it's my second favourite. My favourite XTC album, my favourite album completely is Nonsuch. But this is the album that I started with XTC. Um, and so it's really an important album for me because I love the band so much. He talks about the mix, which, you know, because I started with XTC and it was a certain time in my life, I don't mind the mix, although I do realise that it does seem a little trebly and it, it doesn't have a great bass in it. And that's what uh, both Dave Gregory and um, and Andy Partridge say about this. Uh, Todd Rundgren, during the little piece I heard, was um, didn't agree and said, you know, you've got a, an engineer who's a wonderful engineer, one of the best in the world. And so much, inf- so much, uh, um, he's done so much. And to, to question him is appalling and all of that, you know. Um, uh, yeah, but, the, but he said, you know... The thing is that um, when they went to have the the mixers, they said the first mixers we sent to Virgin, they said these are not good. So they did the second mixers, which Todd Rungan said these are perfect, according to Andy, and they thought, well, I don't really think these are perfect. Um, they went to work to somebody to master them. Andy at this point says, I'll do a Peter Sellers Indian accent. He was Indian, but not really has the kind of Indian accent in that way, but he, he has a sort of Indian accent. I'll do a Peter Sellers Indian accent. The <laughs> says, oh, really? Yes, and he does one, and Andy tends to do this. I've seen him do it a few times, and it's not ideal. And he says that, you know, the guy who was mastering said, I'll add some bass, and did add some bass, you know? And when they were then revisiting the album for the vinyl um, mastering, or the vinyl versions, he had a call to say, there's a problem with this, um, with this mix. And he said, it's out of polarity. And he said, I don't really know what that means. What does that mean? So, well, he said, don't tell me. Does it mean that the, there's no bass there very much and that the, the 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 tops, the trebles are really, you know, really not there and gone somewhere else? He said, yeah, that's the way it is. So what what causes that? Well, it could be just um, one electrical cord awry in a, in a studio. So I said, don't worry, I'll, I've got a, a box of tricks here and I'll fix it until it sounds right. And it now does sound right. You know, but but even when the album was produced and sold very well on the back of Dear God, I suppose, in America, and so I'm, I presume Virgin were happy with that, um, They it wasn't over because they kept asking, he says, Andy says, and this is all allegation and counter-allegation, you know that, he alleges that they were asking Todd Rundgren for ages, could we have the Masters, could we want to do some more work on it and re-release it? And he said, I haven't got them. And he said, they're a fan went to do some, some photography work uh, and was allowed to, um, to to take photographs in Todd Rundgren's studio. And one of the photographs is of uh, some shelves on the, uh, by the wall 
and the masters are right there, he says. So they eventually found the masters in the um, at Capitol Records. And he thinks that that Todd Rundgren must have sold, done a job lot sale, and that was one of the things that he sold. I don't see. It's all allegation. This I don't know, but this is what I hear. Okay. The the sort of towards the end of the interview is even more interesting because he starts to talk about Colin Moulding, you know, and um, saying that the good-looking bassist, he looks like Rudolf Nureyev, you know, I look like Ronald Lacey, you know, who plays the the Nazi general in uh, one of the Indiana Jones movies, you know, great actor. The host said, you don't look like him. He said, I do look like him. I think he calls himself a potato with eyes at one point. You know, he says, you know, quite a lot of the... He says the record company were always interested. He talks about the history of, um, you know, him writing um, Life Begins at the Hop um, and then writing, making plans for Nigel. And the record company always saying, well, we think the single is this one. And it usually being a Collins song. And he said, and even and later on, the band would say among themselves, I don't think it's that. I think it's that song, which would be one of Andy's. And um, the record company always went for Collins songs. The implication here from Andy, which is interesting, is that that's because Colin was better looking than he was. And I'm not sure that's the case, but he does say, you know, Colin was always better at melody. I was always better at lyrics. You know, um, there's some really nice insights here and none better than the final thing we need, which is what's the thing that you that you really love? Something you really love, a food stuff, a program and said I really love corduroy you know I'm always wearing corduroy and what I said I even had a pair of corduroy shoes at one point I love corduroy the more you say the word corduroy it becomes it, it sounds weird when you keep saying it corduroy corduroy it's great you know as he says corduroy you know if it's good enough for kings it's good enough for me you know so he really loves corduroy corduroy shirt corduroy trousers loves it and this is a little piece of the puzzle. I think I'm about to come across another piece of the puzzle, which I'll be looking at in the next few days and podcasting on if, if, if it is a piece of the puzzle. But this, we've got three sides of the story now. So we've got Dave Gregory and some of that chords with what um, Andy Partridge says. We've got Andy Partridge. And then we've got another view from Todd Rundgren. So, you know, this will be very interesting to hear what what else we get but certainly this fleshes out some of the issues and it's the other side of the story from what Todd Rundgren says but you know he doesn't deny it Andy Partridge doesn't deny that he couldn't shut up because they're his babies you know and that um, that could prove difficult I suppose you know and doesn't deny that Todd Rundgren is a great arranger and has real talent you know and all of that Um, but the difficulty of it is something that is really clear here. And um, that's part of the fun of this. So five out of five, because these are one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band, I think they are my favorite band. And um, Andy Partridge is a lost poet laureate in my view. And I think that um, that it should be heard, fans should really hear this, particularly if they love skylarking in the way that I do. That's really super, super girl and guy. Ta-ta.